Welcome to Tarot Imecha Nachyomi with the OU Women's Initiative. My name is Pamela Rifka Simonson, and today we will be studying Divrei Hayomim Bey's Perk Chav Gimel, Chapter 23. Yehoshavas saved Yoyosh, a descendant of King David, from being killed when his father Achaz Yohu and his family, potential heirs to the throne, were being killed. First by Yehu, whilst also eliminating the house of Achov, and then by Ataliyahu, who killed her own grandchildren, wanting to wipe out the heirs to the throne of David. Yoyosh's aunt, Yehoshavas, and her husband, Yehoyada, the Kohen Gadol, high priest, have been hiding Yoyosh in the Beis Hamikdash, while Ataliyahu, Achov's daughter, is ruling a break in leadership by the monarchy from David's line. After six years of keeping Yoyosh hidden, the time now comes for the rule of the house of David to be reinstated. But it's not so simple with Ataliyahu currently ruling. It's a fragile procedure to reveal that there is a remaining descendant of King David's dynasty and overthrow Ataliyahu and crown Yoyosh over the southern kingdom. So, after six years of hiding him, Yehoyada finds strength within himself to gather the support of the officers in crowning Yoyosh. The leaders are listed by name in Pasuk 1. Azariah, son of Yeroicham, Yishmael, son of Yehoichanan, Azariahu, son of Oved, Maaseyahu, son of Adayahu, and Elishaphat, son of Zichri. These leaders go around throughout Yehuda, gathering the Levim and the family heads, and they come to Yerushalayim. And in the Beis HaMikdash, all the people gathered there agree to support the king, as Rashi explains. Using Mitzudas David to interpret the end of Posuk 2, Yehoyada the Kohen says to the people there, Behold, the king's son is fitting to rule, as Hashem said concerning David's descendants. We learnt earlier in Perak 7 that Shloma set up the Kohanim and Levim, according to David's order, in divisions to serve in shifts. In our Perak of study today, Yehoyada instructs the Kohanim and Levim according to these divisions in his strategy for getting Yoyosh safely into his position as king. The switchover of shifts of Kohanim and Levim in the Beis HaMikdash would take place each Shabbos. The ones entering for service at the switchover were called Bo'e HaShabbos, the ones coming in on Shabbos, and the ones leaving from their shift on Shabbos were called Yotz'e HaShabbos, the ones leaving on Shabbos. Yehoyada arranges that this event of making Yoyash king will take place on a Shabbos, the time of switching, when more Kohanim and Levim are in the Beis Hamikdash at one time. Thus, Yehoyada ensures greater manpower present for the dangerous event.
The strategy is outlined in the Book of Kings 2, Perak 11, and also in our Perak of study today in Pesukim 4 to 7. The Levium and Kohanim are divided up and given different roles in the protection of the king. Malbim explains that the divisions given in Sefer Malachim describe three groups positioned to guard the king's palace and two different temple gates. Malbim explains that the text here in Divrei Hayam and Beis, Perak 23, is not coming to repeat the details from Melachim, but to extend on what we know from there, such that the description given here is a different set of three groups. The first group mentioned there was Kohanim and Levim from the Bo'e Hashabas, who will be stationed to guard the king's palace from inside. And they would have to guard the palace without distraction, with real focus. The two remaining groups, who were from Yotzei Hashabas, would guard the house of Hashem from outside. The three groups here in Divrei Hayamim refer to three subdivisions of the first group of Kohanim and Levim, who were from the Bo'i Hashabas, who would be guarding from inside. They were each given roles at the palace. One subgroup, to be Shayarei Hasipim, gatekeepers, guards of the doors. One subgroup, to be Beves HaMelech, in the king's house. And one subgroup, to be Beshaar HaYesoid, at the Yesoid gate. And when it says here in the Posuk, V'chol Ha'am B'chatsrei space Hashem, and all the people in the courtyards of the house of Hashem, this refers to the other two groups mentioned in the Book of Kings who were from the Yotz-e Hashabas and would be guarding from outside. They would be in the courtyards of the house of Hashem. And Yehoyada instructs that only Kohanim and the ministering Levim are allowed to come into the house of Hashem. Posuk 7, the Hikifu HaLevim es HaMelech Soviv and the Levim should encircle the king all around. Each man with his implements, which Matsuras Dovid says means weapons, in his hand. And anyone who enters the house shall be put to death. Targum translates the house here to mean the Beis Hamikdash. Matsuras Dovid explains that any outsider that comes there shall die because he might be one of Ataliyahu's people and seek to kill the king. And you shall be with the king in his coming in and in his going out, meaning as Pamatsudas David when entering and exiting the house. The Levium and all Yehuda follow Yehoyada's instructions and he doesn't dismiss the Yotzei Hashabas, those divisions coming off duty on Shabbos, who would ordinarily go home after their shift, as Malbim explains, Yehoyada doesn't give them permission to leave, so there are more people present for the reinstating of the king. More support is in place. Yehoyada gives out spears and different types of shields which were in the temple. Posuk 9 tells us that these items were King David's. The types of shields called shalotim, were made by Shlomo HaMelech, but are attributed to David, says Malbim, commenting actually in Sefer Malachim, 
because the gold they were made from was left by Dovid. And the shields called Maginois, in the Posuk, explains Malbim, were the copper shields that Rechavom made in place of the gold ones that were taken by Shishak. We learnt about this in Parak 12. In Posuk 10, with interpretation from Matsudas, Yehoyada positions all the people, each with a sword in their hand, from the right to the left side of the house, in front of the altar and the heichal, the sanctuary, surrounding the king. And here it is, a momentous occasion in the history of the Jewish people, instigated by two brave, dedicated individuals. Posuk 11, Vayotziu es ben hamelech. They brought out the king's son from his hiding place, says Metzodas David. Vayitanu alav es hanezer ve'es ha'edus vayamlichu oisai. Metzodas David says the nezer was the royal crown. So, and they placed the crown and the testimony on him and made him king. Yehoyada and his sons anointed him. They said, may the king live. Targum renders, may the king be successful in his kingship. Let's explain a little further using Metzodas David, where it says they placed the crown and the edus on him. The edus can mean the testimony which would refer then to the king's special Sefer Torah. And at this time, they hung it upon his arm. Alternatively, Eidos here is linguistically connected to the word Adi, meaning adornment or ornament. So they placed royal adornments made from precious stones upon him. According to the Gemara in Avodah Zarah, the words can be read together also such that it is the crown of testimony that was placed upon him. The crown used here would be a testimony to someone being of King David's line. The crown, this crown, would only fit the head of someone who was suitable for the kingship. So Yoyash's legitimacy was publicly proven through the crown fitting him. Continuing in the storyline from Pesukim 12 to 15, Ataliyahu hears the sound of the people running and praising the king, and she comes to the people to the Beis Hamikdash and sees the king standing on his pillar by the entrance, and the officers and trumpets by the king, and all the people of the land rejoicing and sounding trumpets, and the singers with instruments, and announcing to give praise. Vatikra Ataliyahu esbogadeha. Ataliyahu tore her clothing. Vatoymer kesher kosher, and said rebellion. Rebellion, as Rashi translates it. Using Matsudas David to interpret Pesukim 14 to 15, Yehoyada brings out the officers over the army and tells them to take Ataliyahu outside of the temple, but to go with her kept within the ranks of the guards so that she cannot escape. And anyone who should go after her to help her will be sentenced to death by the sword. And Ataliyahu should not be killed in the temple, so therefore she won't be killed immediately. They make way for her to leave the base Hamikdash and come to the palace via the route that horses come to the palace, and they kill her there. We see now an allegiance to Hashem, 
through intent and action. Posak 16. Vayechrois Yehoyada bris benoi uven kol ha'am uven ha'melech lihiyos la'am la'ashem. Yehoyada made a covenant between himself, all the people, and the king, to be a people to Hashem, and to serve him, adds Mitzurah's David. And the people destroy the temple of the idol Baal, its altars and its images, and they kill Matan, the priest of Baal, in front of the altars. Malbim explains on Posuk 18 that during the reign of Ataliyahu, the regular service in the Beis Hamikdash was abolished, and they didn't keep the holiness of the temple as appropriate. Now, Yehoyada reinstates the responsibility of the Koihanim whom David had appointed, Mitzuras David says Koihanim, the sons of Levi, whom David had appointed, to offer up burnt offerings to Hashem, as is written in the Torah, with rejoicing and with song established by David, as per Mitzuras David. Posuk 19, He positioned gatekeepers, guards, over the gates of the house of Hashem, so no one with any impurity would enter. Yehoyada then arranges for the king to be escorted by leaders and all the people from the Beis Hamikdash to the palace. Posuk 21, and they sat the king on the throne of the kingdom. And the Perak ends telling us that the people rejoiced and the city was tranquil because, as Matsuras David explains, Ataliyahu had been killed and there was no one to rouse up war. A sigh of relief as the pause button on the Davidic rule is released. What fortitude displayed by Yehoyada and Yehoshavas saving an individual life, saving the dynasty of David HaMelech, saving the Jewish people, saving the temple service. The new king, clothed in royal garb, accompanied by his Sefer Torah, wearing a crown of divine approval. Perhaps this can serve as a vision of responsibility and dignity for every one of us to emulate. Help us to remember our royal garb, outwardly what we represent, our Sefer Torah, Hashem's words accompanying our every choice, communicating with us every step we take, our crown of divine approval, trusted by Hashem with a unique mission, tailor-made for our individual, beautiful Neshama, soul. Thank you for studying together, Lilui Nishmas, Rose Foreman, Razel Rochel Bas Arie Leib, and Rachel Zeichlin, Rochel Bas Schlomer.